The Trudeau government would like to ban critical thinking. They'd like to criminalize uncomfortable questions surrounding the media's frankly absurd narrative when it comes to Canada's residential school programs, claims and narratives, by the way, that have been completely debunked and discredited over the past few years. Well, if the Trudeau government moves forward with this bill, commentary like the one you're watching right now, critical questions like the ones you've come to expect from us at True North, and even just simply a journalist asking for corroborating evidence about the media narratives surrounding residential schools could soon become illegal in Canada. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to True North, leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the podcast. Head on over to our website, www.tnc.news. Sign up for our newsletter and never miss a story. Okay, so you may have missed the story. It came out over the weekend. It's a CP article, so that means that it appeared throughout the legacy media. This is what the headline said. Special interlocutor waiting for MP bill criminalizing residential school denialism. Well, this one piqued my interest, so I decided I would read th it through in its entirety for you on the show, and we'll go through it just to show how troublesome, how scary it is if the Trudeau government is to move ahead. So here we go. Ottawa. Canada's justice minister is considering options raised by the independent advisor on unmarked graves, who says Indigenous leaders want Canada to move on criminalizing residential school denialism. Kimberly Murray called on lawmakers to consider legal mechanisms that could address the practice of denying or minimalizing the abuses Indigenous children suffered at residential schools in her interim report released back in June. One way to do this is by amending the criminal code to criminalize such actions, Murray said in a recent interview, noting Ottawa did so last year on the issue of Holocaust denialism. We could do the same for Indigenous people, she said, make it an offense to incite hate and promote hate against Indigenous people by denying that residential schools happened or downplaying what happened at these institutions. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> this is what she's talking about. She wants to make it an offense to incite hate. Well, wait a minute. It already is an offense in the criminal code to incite hate. That's against the law in Canada. But she wants to make it an offense to incite hate by denying that residential schools happened or by downplaying what happened in those institutions. Well, isn't that cute? That would mean that by simply denying what happened or downplaying or saying, hey, it wasn't so bad, or some people had a good experience, or hey, you know, those unmarked graves that the media told you about, uh, well, that never really happened, or when they did any kind of excavation, they didn't find anything. Uh, any of that would now be the same thing as inciting hate or promoting hate or inciting violence against a group. So basically, any kind of critical discussion around residential schools, around the media narrative surrounding residential schools, any critical questions, any demands for evidence, any any of the kind of thing, frankly, that you've come to expect from True North and the many reports that we've done on this topic, um, that would all presumably be illegal if this were to move forward. I'll continue reading. This is another quote from Kimberly Murray, the special advisor that the Trudeau government appointed. Keep this in mind. They appointed this woman to create a report so that, that she could come back to them and tell them to implement a law. So this isn't just some sort of organic process here. The Trudeau government set this up. They found this person. They hired her to come in and create this report. And now this report has been written and she's lobbying the government to introduce her recommendations. So Murray says, everybody in leadership, when I speak about this, Indigenous leadership, they all want that amendment to happen in the criminal code. 
So according to her, it's unanimous. Everybody in First Nations, everyone in indigenous leadership agrees that it should happen, and therefore, no questions, it should happen. Continue reading from this news report. More than 150,000 First Nations, Métis, and Inuit children were placed into the government-funded church-run residential school system, which was largely overseen by the Catholic Church. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada, which spent six years investigating the system, heard from thousands of survivors who experienced physical, emotional, sexual, and spiritual abuse, as well as neglect and maltrition. I'll just make a quick note. One day I'll do an entire show about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission because it was basically a farce. It was completely one-sided. It was completely unscientific, very emotional. It wasn't a serious, rigorous study. It wasn't done by the RCMP. It wasn't a criminal investigation. It was very, let's just say, very social science. It, it, it very much came out of the universities, and it was basically just about listening and hearing. There's a reason why the Truth and Reconciliation made hundreds of recommendations, most of which were ignored because, frankly, most of which were so extreme and absurd that even left-wing governments haven't implemented them since. We'll continue with the story. An estimated 6,000 Indigenous children died at these institutions, while many experts believe the number to be higher. The National Center for Truth and Reconciliation have recorded the names of more than 4,000 who died. So let's just stop for a moment and think about this critically. So they claim that out of the 150,000 children who attended these schools, more than 6,000, at least 6,000 experts say the number is much higher. Um, but of those 6,000 they claim have died, they've only been able to record the names of 4,000 children who died. So they're saying that there's a more than 2,000 children gap between those who have been recorded and those who they claim have died. Can you imagine, just for a second, that you're a parent or a family that sends your children off to school? They never come back. They die in the school is the claim here. And yet you don't even bother reporting it. You don't even have their names. You don't even have any kind of records that these children exist. This is why there's skepticism around this issue. Because you would think that if a child went missing, if a child died at school while going to boarding school, that the parents would at the very least have that child's name. Maybe they don't have a birth record. Maybe they don't have record of the child registering in school. I don't know why. But you would think that they would at least have the name of a child. So the fact that they're saying that there are more than 2,000 children who have died that we don't even know who they were or how the name is, I'm sorry, I find that very hard to believe. I'm skeptical of that claim. I would like to see more evidence about this. So I continue reading from the report. Despite this evidence, Murray highlighted in her June report what she said is a concerning rise in denialism tied to what survivors and communities say about children who went missing or died at these institutions and are possibly buried in unmarked graves. Okay, so she's saying despite this evidence, I'm sorry, what evidence? What evidence are you saying despite this evidence? You're saying that you have 4,000 names, but that there's over 6,000 who died. That's not really evidence. That's sort of a lack of evidence. And then she says that there's a concerning rise in denialism tied to what survivors and communities say about children who went missing or died and those who are possibly buried in unmarked graves. So two things. One, denying what people say about children. And then second, denying the possibility that things are buried. Hmm, I wonder why there's concern about the murkiness here. So you're not allowed to deny what people say. Well, what if what people say isn't true? What if people exaggerate? Or what if they misremember? You, you can't deny just what someone says. We're not talking about facts or evidence. We're talking about just claims or what people say. Uh, I'm sorry, Canada's a free country, and you should be able to question what people say. And secondly, again, we're not talking about hard evidence. We're saying that the people, that there are 
possibly buried in unmarked graves, that there's children possibly buried. That word possible shows that we're not entirely sure. And again, that should be open for discussion and debate in a free country like Canada. I'll continue. Attention to the deaths and disappearance of these children increased greatly when, in May 2021, the Tecumloops de Sequemquip Nation announced that ground-penetrating radar had located what are believed to be unmarked graves of more than 200 children at the site of a former residential school in Kamloops, BC. Since then, dozens more First Nations across Western Canada and parts of Ontario have begun their own searches. Federal ministers have acknowledged that work could take years and has pledged millions to assist communities. Murray, who says she is herself the target of denialism, reported back in June that each time an announcement of a discovery is made, the community that shares the news is inundated with calls, emails, social media posts, and in-person confrontations. Okay, so again, this woman, Murray, claims that she herself is a target of denialism with no evidence, no claims, no details of what that means. What do you mean the target of denialism? Like, like people ask you questions, people write skeptical posts on social media. Again, we need more details here because this is really, really murky. And then she says, anytime a community makes a claim, they're inundated with calls, emails, social media posts, and in-person confrontations. Okay, I've been in the news business for a bit of time here. And let me just tell you, if you put out a report claiming that teachers, nuns and priests mass murder children at your school, you're going to get some interest. You're going to get some interest. If you put out a news release claiming that you have been the victim of mass murder, your community has been the victim of mass murder, you're going to get people emailing you. You're going to get people calling you. You're going to get social media posts. You're going to even get met with some skepticism. That's the way the world works. If you want to make absolutely shocking, shocking claims about Canada, you want to make these kind of accusations, you're going to get a response. And if you get a response, that doesn't make it a crime. It's not a crime to call someone, to email someone, to make social media posts, or to show up in person to ask questions. That's all just sort of normal part of a society, of a democracy. That's the way the media works. I'll tell you, when these communities release these reports, I was emailing them. I was calling them. I wanted to interview them. I wanted to ask questions. I had a lot of questions. Many of my questions still remain unanswered. But just the very fact they're putting out such alarming, shocking claims, and then they're upset that they're getting inundated with calls. I'm sorry. That is absurd. That is not the way a free society works. You can't control that. You, you can't control that. You can't stop that. People are going to be interested. And that's just the way of the world. Okay, let's keep reading here. The former executive director of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and member of the Kanastaki Mohawk Nation in Quebec was appointed in June 2022 to take on a two-year mandate as an independent advisor to the federal government. She's been tasked with recommending how Ottawa could better help communities and protect possible burial sites. And her final report is due next year. Just again, keep that in mind. We've gotten an interim report that came in June, but her actual report isn't even out yet. It doesn't get released until 2024. So again, you might ask, why is this news report out then? The final report hasn't even been released. Why are we already talking about legislation? Why is she already pushing for legislation, going to the media and you know making these statements when her final report haven't even been issued? Can't we read the final report before we jump to legal mechanisms and conclusions here? Wouldn't that sort of be the normal process? Apparently not. Since Murray's appointment, Arif Varani replaced Montreal MP David Lametti as Canada's Justice Minister. 
When Murray released her interim report, which contained nearly 50 findings, including a call for legal tools to tackle residential school denialism, Lametti expressed an openness to doing so, including the possibility of outlawing such talk. When asked whether Verani is open to the same, a spokesperson in his office said the minister is, quote, considering the options raised in Ms. Murray's interim report and looks forward to receiving her recommendations in the final report, unquote. We must not ignore the lasting impact these schools had on Indigenous peoples and intergenerational trauma that continues to be felt today. The denial of the atrocities that took place is painful for survivors, their families, and communities. Said a statement from Mr. Verani's office, Ms. Murray's final recommendations will be critical for putting in place a federal legal framework that will preserve and protect rights and respect the dignity of the children buried in unmarked graves and burial sites connected to residential schools, she added. In the meantime, Marie says she hopes to see NDP MP Leah Gazan bring forward her private member's bill seeking to criminalize such denialism, as a parliamentarian has indicated that she will. Asked recently about its status, the Winnipeg representative said, There is something in the works. She later confirmed she remains committed to bringing it forward, but the timing remains unclear. I'm really hopeful that she will and would support her in that and survivors want to support her in that, said Murray. We're sort of holding our breath, waiting, hoping that she'll do it in November, end quote. So again, just to get this straight, the person who wrote this report, Kimberly Murray, has a report. The interim report's out. The final one doesn't come out until 2024. And she's pressuring an NDP MP to put forward a private member bill to criminalize speech surrounding residential schools before the report has even been released. The Liberals said that once the report is released, they will consider all legal actions. And frankly, it seems like they're pretty enthusiastic about creating such a bill to criminalize speech around First Nations uh, residential schools. And yet here we are months before the report is even finished and she's pressuring a NDP MP to put forward a bill. It really doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't we just wait for the report to come out? Why are we talking about this in the media? Why is this Kimberly Murray person pushing this report in the media, talking to the media? I don't, I don't quite understand that. Okay, just a little bit left in the article here. It says, Last year, Gazan brought forward a motion to the House of Commons that called on Parliament to recognize the residential school system as genocide, which it did. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev's spokesperson, Sebastian Skamsky, has not responded to a request about whether the Tories would support a push to criminalize residential school denialism. And that's the end of the story. Okay, just a couple points here. Uh, first of all, I want to note how sad it is that the uh, entire House of Commons decided to recognize the residential school program as genocide. Look, genocide has a very specific meaning. It's supposed to be reserved for the worst atrocities carried out by a civilization uh, against another group of people. It was coined after the Holocaust to describe what the Nazis did to the Jews. It's only been used a handful of times since then. And the idea is a purposeful program of systematic mass murder with the intent of eliminating an entire group of people, killing an entire group of people. So, you know, we can have a lot of criticism about the residential school. We can say it was an absolute failed program. There's unspeakable abuses that happened. It was clearly a failed program, clearly very misguided, lots of bad things about it. But <laughs> that does not mean it was genocide. We can't go back in time and pretend that the intention of the residential school system was the same as the intention of concentration camps by the Nazis. Sorry, those are just not the same thing. The purpose of residential school program was to integrate, was to provide education, create tools for people to succeed. The intentions, as much as the program failed, the intentions were good. The intentions were to take a community that was impoverished, that was ha having problems, and help them integrate into the modern 
uh, advanced economy. Okay, obviously it failed, but the intention that was there was good. It was to help people. It was not to mass murder. It was not genocide. It was not genocide. And I am sorry to see that the Conservatives voted in favor of that bill. I disagree with it strongly. Now, next, as far as the purpose of this whole thing, notice in this entire story, which used that phrase denialism multiple times, probably about a dozen times, didn't once even attempt to define the word, didn't attempt to create any kind of clarity as to what denialism actually means. Is media questions, media questions surrounding a claim, is that denialism? Is showing some skepticism, is that denialism? Is asking critical questions, asking for evidence, and when there is no evidence pointing that out, is that denialism? I fear that it is. It seems pretty clear that that's the way that they are heading. It seems like the media is cheering this on. It seems that the Liberal government is willing to do something about it. The NDP is pushing for something. The Indigenous leadership, according to this uh, report, says that they're all in favor of it. So it's probably just a matter of time. I don't really expect much from the Conservatives on this, given that they basically capitulated to describing our residential school system as genocide despite the effort. So not very uh, optimistic about this one, but until, until it's the law banning this kind of speech, I can continue to expect to hear uh, critical thinking and critical questions on this program from us here at True North. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.